Welcome back to Equip. Today I'm going to be sharing with you how do we position ourselves for more of God. When I was spending time with the Lord this week, I began to hear a cry in the heart of God's people for more. I believe that God has been stirring up the people of God to cry out for more. That we are crying out and saying, Lord, there must be more. We were created to see more than we're walking in. I want to see more of your supernatural activity. I want to see a move in my family, in my nation, in my city. There's just a deep desire for more of God. I believe God is answering his people. And there is a divine invitation in the spirit where God, our Heavenly Father, is calling his children back to himself. He's saying, come to me, my sons and my daughters. It's time to partner with my spirit. It's time to see an awakening, to see a generation rise up in the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ that we have not yet seen. Will you answer this divine invitation? Will you begin to partner with the spirit of God? I believe it is imperative that we choose to position ourselves for more of God. And today I want to talk about that exact thing. How do we position ourselves for more of God? Well, I think the first and most important, let's start with, is hunger and thirst. We actually have to be hungry for the things of God. We need a thirst for more of Him. We have to want more to get more. There is a strong desire within the people of God for more of Him. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 42, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Is there a desire within you that longs for more of God? Are you hungry and thirsty for the things of the Lord? Or have we grown complacent? Have we grown satisfied? Have we even fallen asleep? You know, in the place of satisfaction, in the place of complacency, we will never see more of God. It's so important that we have a hunger and thirst for the things of God. Now, I love to run. And one of my favorite things in the summertime, when it's not winter here in Saskatchewan, is to go for runs outside. Now, one day I was out for a run this past a few summers ago, and I forgot to take water with me. And it was a hot day. So a few miles in, I realized that I had forgotten my water. And I was so thirsty and so parched. And have you ever had it where your mouth gets so dry? They call it cotton mouth, where everything in your mouth just begins to dry up and your lips begin to be chapped. And all I could think about was getting and guzzling a tall glass of water. All that consumed my thoughts, my mind and my body was getting that tall glass of water and just guzzling it. When was the last time that we were consumed 
spirit, soul, and body by the thirst for more of Jesus, for the thirst of more of God. There needs to be a deep desire to experience more of God. Why is wanting more so important? Well, Jesus tells us, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open for you. Those who are thirsty, we're not left in the lurch. Jesus promises us that he will actually fill us. So turn in your Bibles, if you're following along with your Bibles, to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And in that scripture, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. We're not left just to hunger and thirst and hunger and thirst. The promise that Jesus leaves us is he will fill us. In John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, Jesus stands up and he declares, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being. What a promise! What a promise! Jesus says, all you thirsty ones, come to me, come and drink. Now we need to realize that Jesus qualifies his invitation. Here we have this divine invitation and he's saying, come to me. But he qualifies the invitation by saying, all you thirsty ones. Are you thirsty? Because not everyone's going to come to Jesus. It's only those who are thirsty. But when we do come to him, we are filled. So Jesus is, right now, he's extending this invitation to you. And he's saying, are you thirsty? Come to me. Pursue me. Seek me. Because I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. And when you find me, I'm going to fill you to overflowing with my spirit and with the fullness of who I am. To walk in the supernatural, to see the miraculous in our lives, in our cities, and in our nations, we must be filled with the fullness of who Jesus Christ is. We can't do it in our own ability. We must come to him. We must thirst for him, pursue him. And it's in that place of encounter with his presence that we are filled to overflowing with the fullness of all he is. Isn't that a beautiful promise? That when we come to him and when we drink of him, he fills us to overflowing. So I would just like to give you some practical things that you can apply to your life. How to pursue God. How to hunger and thirst after him. It's important that we get in the word of God. Make sure you set time apart every day to feast. To feast on the word of God. Worship and prayer is so important. We must encounter the presence of God on a daily basis. Prayer isn't just a list of to-dos. It's, it's an encounter with the presence of God. And we must make our Christian walk about relationship. It's not about duty. It's about relationship. And when we find Him, when we encounter Him, in that place we are filled to overflowing with His fullness. Now the second key I want to talk to you about for positioning ourselves to encounter more of God is holiness. Now you may be asking me, why is holiness so important? We live in a culture right now that is full of compromise, that is full of darkness, that kind of we kind of want to push the limits and live at the edge. How far can I live at and still make it to heaven and still be a Christian? 
we must realize that God values holiness. In Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see the Lord. And then in Hebrews 12, verse 14, it says, Make every effort to live in peace and to be holy, for without holiness we will not see the Lord. I want to say that again. Without holiness we will not see the Lord. If there is truly a deep desire and longing inside of us to be with Jesus, to see more of him in our lives, we must put a high value on holiness. Because without that holiness, we will not see the Lord. So the Hebraic concept of holiness means to be set apart. It means that we are set apart. We are a chosen people. And what are we set apart for? We are set apart for God. We're set apart for His purposes, for His plans. That He has a destiny and a purpose for your life. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, You have been chosen and destined by Father God. The Holy Spirit has set you apart to be God's holy ones. And then in verse 14, it continues, As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know any better. Instead, shape your lives, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For Scripture says you are to be holy because I am holy. We must realize that everything about our God is holy. And he has destined and set us apart to be holy. We belong to him. And in order to walk in an intimate relationship with our Holy Father, we must set ourselves apart from the world. We must come out from the world and be separate. We have to look different. We can't be squeezed into the box of what the culture says is appropriate. We belong to our Holy God. We must surrender to the purifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we want more of God, we are going to partner with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to work holiness in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, For indeed, we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said, I will make my home in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. For this reason, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing that is unclean and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Beloved ones, with promises like these and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness in our lives. Because we value relationship with God more than any distraction, more than any darkness, more than any sin, we must remove anything that will contaminate us from our lives. And we must pursue holiness in our lives. Because without holiness, we will not see the Lord. We must choose to partner with the Holy Spirit and surrender to the work of Him in our lives. Now the third key that I want to talk about with you is the work of surrender. 
Surrender for me has probably been one of the hardest in my life because it's not a one-time event. Surrender is a daily process. It's a daily laying down, saying, not my will, O oh God, but your will be done. I truly believe that surrender is a position of faith. In Matthew 10, verse 39, Jesus says, Whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So it's when we begin to cling. Have you ever clung onto something? I know I sure have. It's when we cling on to what we think our future is going to look like, what we think our ministry is going to look like, what we think our children are going to do for their occupation. When we begin to cling on to these things, what happens? We lose our life. But when we lay it down and we surrender it before the presence of God, which is an act of faith, we actually begin to receive more life. We begin to step beyond the threshold of our own, our own identity, our own ability to produce results, and we step over into the ability of the Spirit of God in our lives. We must completely surrender our lives to God. For he is a good heavenly father. He is a good father and he wants the best for us. Now Jesus is our greatest example of surrender. I would say he is the master of surrender. So what did it look like for Jesus to surrender his life? Now we all know the Lord's prayer, right? Our father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that is a prayer of surrender. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done. As he focused his eyes toward his Father, as he focused his eyes towards heaven, he was able to see what the Father was doing and respond to heaven, and then he went about releasing heaven into the earth. We are to follow his example. Now in John... Chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus tells us that the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. We must realize that Jesus did nothing of his own. He only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he heard the Father saying. Jesus lived in complete response to the Father. He laid down his own agenda, his own desires, everything about him, he laid it down. Jesus was fully surrendered to the will of the Father. And we must follow his example. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says that, For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Now, have you ever grown up with horses and know anything about horses? That when you have a stubborn, unruly horse, they do not like to be led. They want to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. Now, in order to be led, you must first surrender. As children of God, in order to be led by the Spirit of God, we must first surrender to Him. We must live our lives in complete surrender to the Holy Spirit. And what distinguishes us as children of God, according to this verse? It's that we are led by the Spirit of God. It means that as we live in surrender, we are then distinguished as sons and daughters of God. That is a powerful thought, that we want to be the sons and daughters of God, but it is only as we surrender to the will of Holy Spirit in our lives that we become and walk out 
as sons and daughters. So what is the key to surrender? I think one of the biggest keys to walking in surrender is fixing our eyes on Jesus. We must fix our eyes on Jesus just as he fixed his eyes on the Father. He said, my Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, great is your name. I'm focusing on heaven. I'm turning my eyes to you. As we fix our eyes on Jesus and we begin to encounter him, when we hunger and thirst for him and pursue him and find him in that place of encounter and begin to be filled to overflowing with the fullness of God, anything that we were clinging to in that moment begins to melt away. Any mountain that is in front of you that seems impossible, when you turn your eyes to Jesus, it begins to crumble. Any impossible situation that we try to make work in our own effort, in our own ability, whatever you're faced with, everything diminishes in the presence of God. So it's so important to be children of surrender. We must focus our eyes on Jesus. And it's a daily wrestle. It's a daily choice to say, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. We must choose to daily go low and to let go. We've got to choose every day to go low and to let go and just become like a little child. Like a little child who says, Daddy, your ways are greater than mine. Your thoughts are greater than mine. I may not see where you're taking me. I may not understand what you're doing, but I'm going to turn my eyes to you. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, and I'm going to reach up my hand and take hold of your hand, and I will follow you wherever you go. And it's in that beautiful place of surrender that we begin to step in to the supernatural realm. We begin to step into His anointing into his ability and we begin to see things that we would have never dreamt of or imagined surrender is so important we must choose to surrender in hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 and 29 since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom we should be extremely thankful and offer god the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender filled with awe for our god is a holy devouring fire our heavenly father he is holy and he is a devouring fire and he is searching the world right now for sons and daughters who are set apart for him, who are fully surrendered to him. For the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And he wants full access to our lives. Nothing is impossible for him. For a life surrendered... Holy Spirit will come and will consume that life. And it is through the burning sons and daughters of God we will see the world set on fire. I truly believe that God is beginning to awaken his burning ones. He's calling for his people to hunger and thirst once again for intimacy and relationship with him. He's saying, draw near to me and I will pour out an abundance of my spirit like you have never yet seen.
He's calling for us to yield to the fire of intimacy, to yield to the fire of holiness, so that we would be consumed, a consumed people who are set apart for him. Now, as I was preparing, I do believe that God began to release a few prophetic words. There is someone watching the show today that you feel that you've been hitting a wall. You've been hitting a wall of opposition. Every opportunity that you've been stepping through, the door has been shut, and you are getting extremely frustrated. There's anxiety is building within you. And I believe that God is speaking to you today, and he's saying this is an invitation for a deeper surrender. You've tried to make it happen in your own strength, You've tried to make it happen in your own ability, but God is saying, lay it down, let it go. And through my spirit, I will open up the doors of opportunity for you. Now, I believe there are lots of people watching who have been in a place of insignificance, where you have felt forgotten and invisible. But yet there is such a deep passion within you to see God use you for great and mighty works. Now God is saying to you that there is a treasure hidden deep within you. Do not listen to the voice of the enemy. Do not listen to what people have taught, have kind of what people have labeled you as. You are not the label that has been put upon you. You are who God calls you. And he says you have been destined and chosen for great and mighty works. As you respond to that invitation of God, as you step into that place of intimacy, that treasure that he's deposited within you is going to begin to come up to the surface. And you're going to begin to see things that you would have never imagined. There are many people who are watching and God is saying, it's time to step out. It's time to step beyond the place of familiarity. It's time to step out of your comfort zone. I have greater things for you. The Lord wants you to walk in things that you haven't even imagined yet. But you need to be able to take a risk. And you need to be able to look foolish. So he's challenging you today. He says, are you going to lay down your pride <coughs> and step into the more of God that he has for you? God has deposited so much of his spirit within us that we cannot do and accomplish all that he has destined this generation to walk in without yielding without partnering and positioning ourselves with the Holy Spirit. So I would really encourage you today that we begin to increase our hunger, increase our thirst, and walk in the fullness that all God has for us. That I would just take a moment and, and ask yourself, where is my hunger? Where is my thirst? Do I long to partner with the activities of heaven? Or have I grown satisfied? Have I grown dull? And I would really challenge you on holiness. That Hebrews tells us that without holiness, we will not see the Lord. We need to allow those words to hit our hearts, to penetrate our hearts. That without holiness, we will not see the Lord. There has to be a deep yearning, a deep desire within us that recognizes our need for God. That says, God, if you are not in it with me, I cannot do it. 
Lord, I've done all that I can in my ability. I've seen everything that I can manufacture in myself, but I know that it is not enough. There has to be more. There has to be more. And in that cry for more, we must choose to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he's going to come in. When you surrender, he's going to come in. We have to allow him access to our lives because the Holy Spirit is a contractor. He comes in and he starts major demolition projects. And you have to be willing to give up those things that you've held on to. You have to be willing to lay down that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that pride, you have to be able to lay down your expectations of what you think it's going to look like. We have to lose, we have to let go of the control. And it's in that place of beautiful surrender that he comes and he consumes the sacrifice. For our God is an all-consuming fire. And when he consumes the sacrifice... It is no longer about us, it becomes about him. Now I would like to take a few minutes just and close up this, this session with you and just spend a couple minutes praying. Thank you, Holy Father, that you are holy and that you have chosen and you have destined every person watching. And I ask that you would ignite a deeper hunger and a deeper thirst to know you, to pursue you, and to find you. Lord, I ask that you would cleanse us, purify us once again, for we are your sons and daughters. That we would choose you, that we would choose relationship over any distraction, any over any sort of contamination, over any sort of separation from you, that we would choose to live in relationship with you. And Lord, we surrender our lives. We say, not our will, but yours be done. Let yours be done, O oh God. Awaken your holy ones. Awaken your burning ones, that we would be a generation whose hearts burn for you. That we would be a generation who walks in the fullness of all that you have destined for us to walk in. Come, O oh Lord, and set apart this generation for you. Thank you, Jesus. If this has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to email and send us a message. We would love to hear testimonies of how this show has impacted your life. Thank you for tuning in.